Hello, and welcome to Sutra Sidewatch, episode 13. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar, and with me is... Your host, Brandon Blockstore from... Why did I say my last name? I never say my last name. I think you're so used to me leading the style with my first and last name I that you've so. uh, been influenced by my... Uh, Have I also been corrupted by my culture. who I am now? Yes. Um, <laughs> but from <laughs> Apollo City Comics, you guys know that, the good show. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but dude episode 13 uh i mean this was a bombastic month so yeah we are a little late but it is coming out technically in the last week of, of june, june. So it'll be we... july but it'll be still it's still june there's we're recording days, this in june there's more days in, of june in this week than there is july that's true that does yeah wait I'm not going to count that. I'm already. I'm too tired of count. I'm like, you know, what? I'm not going to go that far. It's too much work. Well, the fourth is on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So that's only three days of July, four days of June. So we did deliver. Yes, yes. that is true. That is true. You're right. But episode thirteen, James Bond, The Living Daylights. Dude, I can't even like say it like properly. I always say The Living Daylights. Like, well, you're trying all... to do it with that song. It's like it's you know you know it's when that song comes out of my head. Yeah, and the song starts and you're like are they going to say The Living Daylights? I don't think they are. And then they do and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Cool." Yeah, I wasn't like, sure. They stuck, yeah, they stuffed that in there pretty. Yeah, pretty they pretty they did. Which uh, the song was by Aha. Yes, it was. And I'm like, how eighties, dude. Dude, take me on. I was like, when I saw Aha, the friend, I'm like, dude, take me on. What? Yes, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah, um, it was a it was an okay song. It's definitely yeah, not the it, it best Bond, but I no. mean, dude, you can't beat the Beatles. <laughs> you can't beat the Beatles. You can't beat honestly. You can't beat the Daniel Craig ones. The Daniel Craig ones are all fire. Not yeah. they're, they're just like back to back fire, nonstop. It's just so good. Well, but. just like the Daniel Craig films, this is the last movie to be based off of an Ian Fleming story um, until Daniel Craig in 2006. Oh, and they it's like a full-on reboot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. And, I, wow, just thinking about that, I'm just like, wow. Because that time. means... What year did this come out? It came out... 19... No, it was a 87. Because oh. Roger Moore had only i want to say two or three that were in the early 80s and then it oh. switched to dimothy dalton like rockmore was mainly the 70s but he like he was that bond for so long he was seven movies yeah. yeah seven full films and timothy dalton our new bond was only two but so i'm you would say it's the 80s bond like why that happened i didn't do too much research on why timothy ended um or the franchise stopped at that point because uh, I feel like it took a break between him and then Pierce Brosnan was the next one, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brosnan and Golden was. Eye. Yeah. Dang. Golden Eye, man. That was which... a long gap then. It what? I think it was. Yeah. Because let's see, License to Kill, which was the second and last Timothy Dalton movie, came out in 1989, so the very end of the 80s, and then mm-hmm. Golden Eye was 1995. 96? Oh, five. Okay. So a six-year gap. I believe that's six oh, years. It's not horrific. Like, no, no, it's not yeah. too long. I mean, like, uh, when was it? Uh, a View to Kill was the last, uh, 1985. So it was a two-year gap between Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. So, I mean, there's some cool stuff behind that, too. So uh, Roger basically got old. <laughs> like, he had to get a pacemaker and whatnot. Like, he was an old guy uh, towards his end of... Um, 
of being bond and whatnot so yeah the time was to pass the bond baton you know um the bonton <laughs> bonton and uh timothy ended up getting the thing and uh essentially he was just like so what do you um what do you guys want like do you guys want the same formula that you've had or do you want something like new and different and i think the reason why i kind of respect this bond so much and i didn't find this out until after i read the i already had an opinion already on it like i already read the book and um or short story and after i watched the movie and uh he was basically he's so close to like the ian fleming bond like the bond i know from the books um he's like super intuitive he's like always thinking with his brain he he's not banging every single um bond girl that there possibly is out there um and it's kind of refreshing to see that you know he's not nearly as misogynistic as anyone else that we've seen as bond yeah Um, and his the like lust for like uh just action and adventure and just figuring things out like dude it was way more exciting i guess it wasn't like as like spy you know what i mean it was more of like a modern day like we've evolved out of the 60s and 70s spy that british spy was no longer there i maybe it felt more american i'm not too sure it took it right it embraced the 80s action genre yes that was around that time exactly it it definitely did yeah and it felt like you could see how the pierce brosman bond like took it to the next level you know what i mean this one's kind of in that middle range of just like being somewhat grounded and almost believable to a certain extent you know yeah um not nearly as wild and crazy and insane and there was one girl only one two technically two oh in the beginning (laughs) i wish there was a man just like who wasn't (laughs) just (laughs) tennis players and billionaires and (laughs) he swoops in dude that was dope yeah that's amazing uh it's like can i use your phone she'll call you back and it's like i'll be there in one hour and then she's like hey you want to join me make that two hours yes (laughs) it's just like oh but you know what like at that point it wasn't bond like forcing himself upon a woman like we've seen many times you know uh, essentially he swooped down and she just happened to be there and she chose him you know what I yeah mean? he was, was like i gotta go it. do some stuff uh, i'll see you later <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so that was that was a cool way to present that and even like the other girl um the main um bond girl in this film who really was this the first bond girl we didn't see like in a bikini Mm. no we we didn't see uh tracy i don't think in a bikini i'm almost positive we saw tracy in a bikini no we saw her in a robe in her no no we only saw her in a robe i can remember uh, i don't think she was ever in a bikini i'm pretty huh. sure okay yeah okay, on her well. majesty's secret service because that was he was marrying her so he, he was like not uh, gonna show you anything his, yeah, yeah exactly so that's all right well this girl too it's he <laughs> he seemed like a real character dude he seemed like he had an actual love interest he seemed like he had actual feelings and all that type you know just a real person played bond this time and it was very unique and i dug it you know it was definitely a good break you know like yeah i don't think you could do every bond movie like this i could see why they changed stuff up but you know this this was a good you know timothy dalton was a defined bond yeah, they definitely adapt at the times here. And it, her name was, uh, the, I mean, the actress was Miriam Diabo. And then uh, she played the character Kara Malovi. Kara, there you go. Yeah. And speaking of just like the people in charge of this, like uh, this was directed by John Glenn, who this was his fourth Bond film he directed. 
and oh, this wow. was his last one is License to Kill. He ended with the Dalton, but he actually worked on Majesty's Secret Service, The Spy Who Loved Me, and Moonraker at lower roles, like uh, editor and I oh, believe wow. like second AD or something. That's dope. But yeah, it was, it was Going up interesting the there. Sick. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And Richard Maybaum and Michael G. Wilson wrote it. Richard Maybaum, this was his 12th Bond film he wrote Dang. out of 13. Yeah, so License to Kill, also his final film. And then uh, Michael G. Wilson, uh, who actually, so this is his fourth also. He kind of, he started writing with John Glenn directing. And he also ended with License to Kill. But he was producing since Moonraker and is still producing. He kept producing from Moonraker to now with No Time to Die. So he's still producing the movies. Even after he finished writing it. Yeah. That's cool. That's super cool. Um, a lot of I love how like the legacy has just continued with a lot of these people, you know, and you could you could tell, um, like like anything, you know, every Bond movie, every Bond book, and you could put this down to like Harry Potter, to like sci-fi, but like there's it's the same formula, and that's what's interesting. And you have your little setup, your lead-in. But this one, I feel like the setup into it was like one of the funnest ones we've seen. Um, oh yeah, it wasn't nearly as uh, I don't know, ridiculous. <laughs> I or like it just opens aspect. with him like with a woman or just doing something yeah. that's random. Yeah, this one was just like you don't even know who Bond is for the first like almost five minutes of the movie, uh, and I thought that was super fun. It was just like the double O section, and you're just like, oh dang, we're gonna see like the new Bond, like he's gonna come out, and just leading into it, and then the turnaround moment. <laughs> It was so cheesy. The perfect like capture of Timothy Dalton just turning around and it's like, okay, you know, it's fun. Like that was such a cool pose yeah. that he did for that. Um interesting stuff. So real fast, like I want to talk about the short story, uh, because it's just gonna take a second. <laughs> the I always say how radically different a lot of the Bond books are from the movies. Just radically different. Like where you're just like, okay, there's Bond and the villain have the same name, and that's about it, you know? Uh this one a bit more similar i'm not gonna lie and of course it was a short story and they added a lot but the scene that they captured and kind of transcribed into the film um bond is uh going after a kgb sniper and it has a cellist and um it is the girl and everything and he does do the whole thing where he shoots her and he hits the gun so that messes up her arm and doesn't kill her but it traumatizes her enough to like not do that anymore you know um, but Bond is kind of just like on a stakeout for a few days and whatnot, and it leads into that. And he's like super enamored with her and everything. Like he's been, he's seen her around and all that, and he discovers it's her. Um, but that whole thing, the way they translated that to the film, it all makes sense to make a larger film out of it. But um, the whole concept of the sh- short story was definitely there. Um, and I thought that was pretty sweet, cool. Like I thought it was thirteen pages. I think I said on one episode, but it was like twenty three. Um, and I was like, ah, I got to read this so fast. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, good stuff. Like, I thought, you know, uh, everything really just, like, felt Bond in that one, too. And I thought that was a great translation um, to the to the movies and to Timothy Dalton's, um, you know, performance of them. Because Timothy also said the Ian Fleming stuff, the original stuff, is really what they're missing from the Bond films and what he wanted to go back to he's like i'm not like 
you know, making my own way of it and changing it and being challenged, but I'm also sticking to the source material. And I guess he was a really big uh, Ian Fleming reader. Uh, and he really translated that whole actual true, I feel, Ian Fleming bond. Similar to Daniel Craig. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And it's interesting because, like, Dalton, with his two movies, you know, one is the finisher to Fleming's novel. The other is completely original content, right, with mm -hmm. License to Kill. So that's just... It's also weird because it's like Dalton's basically getting the very last of Fleming's stuff and then goes into a weird uncharted territory that Brosnan basically just gets all of and it's like oh here Brosnan here's all new original stories and stuff but you know Brosnan oh wait first off I, I did not research this so maybe we could research it but the the guy the general that he kills at the very end um the war room guy oh uh, uh are you talking John Doe Baker playing Brad Whitaker the American or yeah. the Russian yeah the American okay um, is that uh Felix and Pierce Brosnan's films Dude, he looks just like, from what I remember, like, I could be wrong. Uh, So I don't think Felix is in Brosnan's films. Or the American that helps him in, like, GoldenEye. Jack Wade. He plays yeah, exactly. Jack Wade in GoldenEye and Tomorrow Never Dies. I think he's only in those two, but yeah, he's in two, the first two. It's the same actor? Mm-hmm. I knew it, dude. Right when I saw that, I was like, what's, <laughs> like, that? And then you see, like, you know watching stuff out of order it messes you up you know what i mean like i i, I saw you mean that we um, skipped like five roger moore movies to get <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i dude oh and we'll get to that too but um seeing him like i watched uh golden eye last year i was working on some spy stuff for school and uh i watched it and i i i recognized him and so watching it uh watching him in this movie which just came out before pierce brosman stuff it totally threw me off i was like no way is that the same guy. No way is he going to play a villain in one Bond movie and then be the American helper like Felix in the next. But of course. Uh, and once again, a new actor for Felix. like, And he still has limbs, which is disappointing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is a new Felix in this one. That was that was hard to... Actually, now I'm curious because the, the whole thing of the next movie, License to Kill, which we're not talking about until next year. Yeah. But uh, in that one... It's about Felix. Like, Felix gets fucked up and James goes to get revenge for him. <gasps> really? Yeah. Uh, now I'm curious. I'm like, is he in both I... or did they recast him again? He's only in this movie. I'm very, oh, I'm actually very curious now. I'm looking through it uh, just to see because that's um, an interesting. I heard that's like the bloodiest, most. They recast him for like. They recast him? God fucking <laughs> He's only damn in it. this one? Oh. oh, shit. Every time with Felix, they never. <laughs> They need they to have can't. a Felix solo series now at this point. Like, why isn't that a TV show? Why has Felix not been his own? Like, I mean, Pennyworth, we have a Pennyworth TV show and not a Felix. Having, uh, you know, Jeffrey Wright as Felix is great now. I, I got to yeah. say. Imagine That's a been... spinoff spin film with just him and Bond makes an appearance. There you go. That's what we need. Daniel Craig one more time as Bond in Felix's movie. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah, the the dude that plays Felix and licensed to kill is just in that movie as Felix, but I think I just saw he's in also. That's so weird. He's in another Bond movie, I think. Huh? I think he's in one of the Roger Moore ones as a random character. Uh, I, I don't know which one, but yeah, I'm like, what? Okay. Well, at this point, Felix is a random character. <laughs> he's in Live and Let Die. 
What? That's cool. That's oh, nice. wait, no, you still Felix in that one. What? <laughs> I'm so confused. So, Dude, so they had that... Felix in, in Live and Let Die, and then, like, eight Bond movies later go, hey, do you want to be Felix again, even though we had another Felix? Huh. And the Live and Let Die one, um, I don't think I cared that much for that Felix. He was in the... Yeah, because he's behind the scenes the whole time. And then he's like, oh, here's this other agent. And he, he dies off screen during the second funeral parade. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's just interesting. The but time, anyway, yeah. That's the Bond time. Dude, the Bond timeline is more messed up than the DCU. I'm just going to say it right <laughs> now. <laughs> like, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> it's, a, but, it's a whole thing. I uh, I don't know overall um dude this was a good movie like I, I it's hard to like really nitpick like I mean it it doesn't have anything necessarily like I guess because we can't compare it to the books in this one like we it brought in all these conversations when we talked about quarrel and stuff in other films and whatnot get a quarrel tattoo yeah <laughs> but this one yeah it's it's a lot different and you know you just got the short story so it's a different topic but um I thought. It was weird because Dalton's Dalton's Bond era is very short, and with it, you see a lot of cast come and go very quickly. Hmm. And like M, this is his third, and I think it's his third film uh, played by Robert Brown. He was recast back in Octopussy was his first film, so he's only in like Octopussy and A View to Kill and Living Daylights, and I think huh. License to Kill, and then they switch him again. And then uh, Money Penny, very different recast. She's only played by Caroline B- Bliss. She's only in this and License to Kill. She's only in two movies. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you want to come ho- come over and listen the to glasses. the Barry Manilow records? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Get out of here with your Barry Manilow records. <laughs> I'm like, wait, was he around already? I don't even, I don't even know, man. <laughs> but just the way, what was it? She's Bond. I didn't realize you're such a fan of music. Do you want to come over and listen to my Barry Manilow records? Like, it's so ridiculous. They also made her a lot younger. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 That's true. Because um, Homeslice, the one girl was, was Money Penny forever, right? Like, uh yeah i think so i don't know when she's basically it sounds like she stopped somewhere in one of the roger moore films i'm not sure which uh, one but i'd yeah, assume that's a while, though yeah that, I, I would yeah. assume she probably stopped anywhere between uh probably uh for your eyes only two octopussy like one of those last three more movies i would assume mm-hmm. was probably where she hung it up and then but, q is still q man q is that that guy i q, wish i knew him like he's the best he's the he's best. in there from from russia with love the very the second one because mm-hmm. that's the, the the doctor no bond never really goes to hq or anything yeah uh so from russia with love all the way i want to say till halfway through brosnan i want to say uh tomorrow never dies is his last film and then he passed away it's not even that he retired he died yeah because they, they they pass off uh the role they don't even replace him with another q they they give you P, who's played yeah. by that dude that's in Rat Race, and uh, he he's like a more comedic, just like ah I'm Bond, what are you doing? Yeah, and he's in like uh, I want to say they introduce him in either The World Is Not Enough or no, no they either introduce him in Goldeneye or 
Tomorrow Never Dies as Q's assistant. And then he's like full on like helping Bond in uh in World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. Mm. Yeah. But he's only short lived. Cool. He's only in like yeah. three or four films, and then you get a much younger everyone in Casino Royale and like or I guess Q shows back up not until Skyfall. Skyfall. He's yeah. not even in and- for yeah. I actually dig the the current Q. Too. Oh, new Q's yeah. dope. He's yeah, like just techie. Q. He's like tech tech Q. <laughs> and then um M, dude, she is the best M. Like I'm so glad she What's also shows up. I want to say in the Brosnan movies. Yeah, that's where she yeah, starts, yeah. and she's yeah. the only one that does a transfer from the Brosnan to the Craig movies. Yeah. So that Which, was interesting. again like it's all restart like everything something it's carries so over every time it's so odd it's like a dc uh, comic reboot honestly it's like new yes. 52 i'm like wait yeah. but, so this doesn't count but this does it's yeah weird. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. it yeah. doesn't make any sense but, but um, yeah uh yeah so what's what's your take on the timothy dalton what was your what was the thing you admired most about this bond so uh thinking about him and like okay new bond you got a completely new style, new feel. He's the gent. I would say he's the gentleman. The most ungentlemanly thing he does is rip a woman's like dress off as a distraction, and yeah. like the guard comes in and he's like, "Ooh!" Yeah, he just comes <laughs> so and knocks him out, which was that was fantastic. I, I thought that was so funny, and honestly, I think that's the most nudity you get in any bot. You get like a sigh. Yeah. You get you get a little peek there, and you're like, "Oh my, mm-hmm. Bond, what are you doing? My yes. my word." <laughs> but uh yeah i'm like I, I wrote down in the notes i'm like no woman hostility because <laughs> it's funny like okay uh you know sean connery sean connery and you're like oh sean connery jesus christ but uh and you're like yeah product of this time whatever right move on yeah george lazenby you know still uh, he's very kind with everything but he goes with like five woman in this one being like four o'clock three o'clock he's just like you know giving each one a time of like an hour so you're like oh george and then roger moore like tricks you a bit because you're like oh he seems okay and then he's like tell me where she is starts like breaking chick's arms and shit and i'm like oh my roger i didn't i didn't know it was like that bro okay shit but yeah timothy's like i'm not gonna go back for your cello two minutes later i can't believe i went back for your cello yeah, and just like, dude, this dude's doing everything for it. like he, he's he's basically saying yes all the time just being nice and courteous and whatnot yeah. uh I, I i dig him i dig him a lot the only thing with timothy dalton is besides these two bond movies i'm so used to him as a villain which is oh, weird oh yeah because he's the villain in rocketeer uh-huh and also, my fa- like, if you asked me, Tim- if you said Timothy Dalton, and you like first movie that comes to mind, it's not going to be James Bond, it's going to be Hot Fuzz, where he plays, uh, you know, what I'm talking about, yeah, 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 he plays totally the guy that's like that. in charge of the town, and he's or like the sewer, he's like the uh, the manager of the supermarket or whatever, and he like fight gets beaten by a goose and like flies out of the car and gets like that that house model goes through like his mouth and shit but yeah. like he's just the villain for simon Pegg, and i'm like oh yeah no that's timothy dalton that's my favorite role of that he's ever done like th- that's what i know him for but i forgot like what i first remembered him as like in general but now it's just so like he to me he's chief in doom patrol like that's oh just yeah stuck. he's in that now yeah yeah and that's i guess i guess because it's the most recent thing i've seen for him but uh it's 
I don't know. I guess it's. I I don't know. It's he he seemed like a weird Bond at the same time. Like he, he wasn't. His like, eyes make you think he's like I don't know. His he's got like the the, the conniving eyes. If that makes yes, sense. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he. But honestly, and that's where again it feels like such a grounded Bond because he isn't like he's a good looking guy for sure. But he's not just like the overly handsome like just. Like, he doesn't just get you with his looks right away. He looks like a British dude. You know what I mean? And yeah. he's, like, what, Welch or something like that. Um, but he doesn't have, like, that same, I guess, uh, aesthetic most Bonds will have at, in most cases, you know? You look at Daniel Craig. You look at Pierce Brosnan. Um, you look at Roger Moore and Sean Connery and Lazenby. Like, you look at them, and you could tell they're, like, dashing men, you know? And Timothy Dalton is, like, almost there, you know? Like just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I get what you say. It's he's got he's got that coyote look, man. He's just like oh yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. Also, also, you know who else he's in? He's in Toy Story. He's in Toy Story. He's in Toy Story three as the. Uh, I think it's called Mr. Pricklepin. He's the oh, porcupine yeah. that's like an actor. The the porcupine who's like I am an actor, and yeah, that's Timothy Dalton. <laughs> That's that's James Bond, um, uh, so that's interesting. But and you know what? He's a uh, gosh. I'm trying to think of what other show. Um, Doctor Who. He's one of Doctor the time, He's one of the Time Lord. Um, he's one of the the ones that are just trapped away, and it's during the babe. Uh, in Doctor Who. Um. They're all stuck on Gallifrey, right? Like all the Time Lords? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the Time Lords that's stuck on Gallifrey. Um, and it's during the David Tennant stuff. Babe. <laughs> the Matt Smith? Okay, so it is the Matt Smith stuff. Yeah, during the Matt Smith stuff. Um, and they start exposing Gallifrey, and it was all tucked away, and it never, like, actually died and everything. Uh, Wait, was it the... Was it the one where it's that sp- the war special? Is he the war doctor? Not the war doctor. He's just like one of the like Gallifreyan time lords that have been stuck. Oh, so he's not Doctor Who. He's just he's a not different, Doctor Who. Yeah, he's, he's a like, different time lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Also, yeah. hi, hi, Kato. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, she's been binging uh, Doctor Who this year. That's been like her uh, her thing. She's I got her into. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Do they um, find out how to beat the trash cans yet? Hey man, it takes time. It takes. Do they? Do they realize they just have to knock them over? Yeah, but you know what? Every situation is different. Right? I just, I just want to <laughs> say, I, I watched that war special or whatever, the big one yeah. that has like all three, three mm-hmm. doctors, and I remember we watched it, and like it was a bunch of Doctor Who fans, and me and my, me and Miles actually, uh, yeah. and we're watching, we see the Daleks, and we're like, we're. <laughs> Start like, why would they just tip him over? <laughs> Everyone's looking at us like horrified. Like, what do you mean? Like, they're fucking trash kids, bro. Can't just do that, Kamran. No. And then they had like those dudes that turn into other people. They could like change forms. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, they just look like running penis. They just look like giant penis people running around. And I'm like, this is that. what you like. <laughs> this is your show. Yes, it is. <laughs> dude, oh, we'll just start certain. doing Doctor Who commentaries after this. Like, oh man, just... let me just uh, hang on. We'll get bridges over there. I gotta go jump off. I'll see you guys later. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, t- uh, yeah, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. So it's, you're gonna it's say Time Lord, like... weren't you? 
I almost, almost heard. I heard time, Dalton. I heard time. <laughs> time Dalton. I heard time. Um, Dalton. <laughs> it uh yeah 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 um he was the founder of Time Lord Society on the planet Gallifrey and its first leader as Lord High President. Wow, that's um. I've really learned a lot here. That <laughs> I, I'm gonna take away from that with like a lot of knowledge that I'm gonna save for later. And I'll be like, hey, what did you talk about? Dude, I don't know. Something about space wizards and phone booths or some shit. I don't fucking know. He's yes. a janitor, I think. Exactly. Space wizards and phone booths. You can have explained it better. Yeah. Um, uh, he's just not as dashing and, like, handsome as the other Bonds. You know, that's just yeah. my whole. Yeah. But it worked for the 80s. You know what I mean? It did. He, he seemed manly. Like you said, it took on that different form. And it feels, you know, we have each Bond kind of represents a decade. Like, Connery and Lazenby represent the 60s. Roger Moore represents the 70s and he like gets into the 80s which i honestly don't remember those 80 ones of his which we'll you know get to in like two years i feel like Mm -hmm. but uh with dalton he's like the like he is the 80s like everything about this is the 80s and you get that from that 80s action we were talking about but also the music because the music's aha and you're like okay cool aha that i mean that's weird but all right and Mm -hmm. The other music in it is like 80s techno espionage that's happening. Like it, it just sounds very unique yeah. compared to the others. And then later on, it has it switches. It goes from like 80s espionage to 80s action love. Like the the romantic ones where it's like, um, I guess you could. I, I can't remember what movies it would be like, but at least in terms of the feel of this film. The ones that I kept thinking of when I was watching this was Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, Rambo 3, uh, because, of course, it's the only other movie I can remember that has, like, the Afghanistan yeah. uh, in- include inclusion there. And also, uh, uh, what else? It just everything Cold War. It's, like, late 80s Cold War. The Cold War is near its end because, like, it's pretty much, like, 1990, I think, or 1989. One of the two is when, like, Russia, you know, the Soviet Union's gone and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you're at that very, very end of what's going on there. And with it too, like it's that whole genre is ending because that whole genre is like, oh, it's full on action until you get to the 90s and it's still there. But you're kind of leaving that Russian antagonistic feeling you've had for like two or three decades at this point in yeah. American history. Um, just pop culture and everything else of like those damn ruskies Mm -hmm. and stuff like that like red dawn's already happened i'm pretty sure at this point and you everything about it too it it, like roger moore still feel it feels like a different bond than sean connery but feels Mm -hmm. more bond timothy dalton feels more 80s action than james bond uh just because like everything that's happening in it is stuff you'd have with bond like that that car chase in the snow it has skis on it and you're like oh shit that's dope (laughs) Yeah. And then the car he is goes, dope in this one, yeah, yeah. Dope. And the it, laser, <laughs> the other car, and he tries to break, and it just what happened? Off. What do you, what do you say? It was like uh, I forget what he said. He said some. It wasn't it even was, a pun. It was just like scientific words. I was like, yes, oh, okay, exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like two words. I forgot what it was. But they switch, and it's like that car gets destroyed. He self destructs it, and he takes her cello case. And uses it as like a, a as a bobsled or something. Yeah, it's like a yeah. sled. And you're like, wait, what? And they just sit 
on the guitar ca- on the cello case, and they're yeah, and he's holding yeah, he's holding the cello against a bolt hole. He's like, sorry about that, yeah. and they just like go through and get to the Austrian border, and the dudes are like, huh? And he's like, hold out the passport and just you know be like diplomatic immunity, and it, it, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and yeah. that whole time too, like they're they're so gentlemanly, and obviously over this time, who knows how much time has taken place because it's already like she's falling in love with him and everything mm-hmm. and they're enjoying each other and but they haven't like done anything i don't think at this mm-hmm. point either because even at the beginning when he takes her to a hotel and it's like oh bond uh usual suite and he's like no no get me a spot with two rooms this time yes. or two beds and you're just like oh this is different and honestly i watched this this was one of those few bond movies that i only saw once when i was younger and i remember i didn't even remember the end where like he shows up in the the room i thought he just leaves and i was like oh never nothing ever happens it's kind of like quantum of solace but Mm -hmm. uh it i was wrong and i was like oh at the end you're like oh okay they're still gonna do something but yeah right that's what i was thinking too um the very last scene what a cool but it's like even like in a sweet romantic way yeah he went to the show he made sure he made it and then he had the two martinis all set up it was all like just well played for her to walk out and just him be with him. Like it, it's definitely Timothy Dalton is the least misogynistic Bond. He's a gentleman. Ever. Like yes. I, honestly, if you ask, like, oh, what about the previous ones? I'd be like, dude, they're not gentlemen. They're like, they're like playboys. The, yeah. This one's a gentleman. Yeah, yeah. there's a complete yeah. difference here. And yeah, th- that's what was so cool about it. Just seeing uh him like just have some humanity you know what i mean like just some decent like feelings and emotions and you know even daniel craig when you think about it like he's kind of i mean he sleeps with a girl uh that gets murdered in casino royale and she's like married and all that stuff and like like he he kind of fits that bond profile daniel craig's like emotional trauma (laughs) yeah that's the thing yeah he has like emotional trauma like he's already he's just damaged in general he's just a broken boy you know um but this one you could tell he was probably yeah he probably was a you know went through the military service and did a war and all this type of stuff like he's earned his rank you know um and you could just feel it by looking at him like sean connery it's hard to buy that whole commander bond stuff you know what i mean yeah some of those rankings and all that type of stuff like i can't buy it with like even lazenby or roger moore to a certain extent like i can pierce brosman i could see it you know, I'm sure I could. I could sort of imagine John Connery only because he was in The Longest Day as a Scottish sh- soldier in the movie. <laughs> right. So yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I was running around with that kilt and shit. But yeah, Roger Moore, I don't see it at all. I'm just like, did you did you get yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who who did you sleep with <laughs> to move yeah. yourself up the ranks? You know. Um, M played hard to get. Yes. <laughs> he was like Bond. I don't know. This is so sudden. <laughs> but we have like a gritty like you know. Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen changed everything. You know what I mean? Like, we just got a grittier Bond, a grittier Batman, uh, <laughs> like all sorts of stuff. Dude, the the villain in this, too. I mean, like, there were multiple villains in this one. Like, you had an American Which villain, a Russian villain. And I forget, the, the henchman guy, he was... Uh, he was hard to tell because he, he was... Uh, I don't know if he was Russian. Was he Russian? You're right. I think he was. I th- I'm pretty sure he was. But he was. Uh, his name was Necros. Was the uh, villain name, and he was just mm. like a weird Terminator type. He looked like 
a Terminator or something. Like, yeah. he, or no, you know who he resembled a bit in terms of looks? Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, dope. which is yeah, perfect. Of like, oh, yeah. they, these are around the same time anyway, so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I see what they're doing here, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes through that whole infiltration, kill the milkman, become milkman, beat like everyone else through the, through like the kitchen. Like, he fights all these dudes. He like fights his way in, and you're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Well, you know what's cool about that scene too. I mean, there is some lame stuff. He's just like he's got the flu. Like, where's the regular milkman? Like, why is there oh, a yeah. milkman? He doesn't have the bond. Too. He doesn't have the bond uh, charisma. That's why he doesn't have the puns yeah. either. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah no puns, no fun. <laughs> he um, I the the way he got in was kind of cheesy. But dude, I loved how like even the agents there put on a really good fight. Typically, yeah, they you did. Don't see that, you know, typically like the guy will go in, and all of a sudden you're just like, "How did anyone get these jobs? Like, how are you in the CIA or in the British service? Like, you this guy literally just walked in and kicked your ass like in a second. Like, be more observant, you know." Um, but with this guy, he just all of the fights that were were super dope. And then I was like, when he was walking out with the milk, at first I was like, "Dude, there's an alarm. Like, you don't need to carry the milk. You're the milkman. Like, why do you need to save your milk?" But then he gets it and it throws it and it's a bomb. I was like, oh, fuck, that's why you saved the milk. <laughs> yeah, because you, you see when he's carrying it, you're like, oh, there's like four milk bottles, but two don't look like milk bottles. And they're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it pays off for sure because he straight up infiltrates an entire British military base and then leaves with his prize mm-hmm. and gets away with it scot-free. And you're like, huh, even though it was all planned and like, yeah. you know, he was the the target was in on it and everything else who was the other general who basically was trying to frame uh john john reese davis's character who was mm-hmm. another russian general and i love seeing john reese davis in this i was like yo it's gimli and yeah. sala yeah like, i'm like oh boy he's in trip, here. right yeah yeah and i'm like i'm so happy like they do the whole faking death everything and like mm-hmm. his wife gets or his wife or girlfriend gets stripped unfortunately yes. <laughs> but uh he he does a great job even at the end like uh comes in and is like oh i know you betrayed me uh you're gonna have a fun time once our troops take care of you so long after like the the very end at the betrayal uh Mm. when everything's fully realized and stuff like the main villain doesn't even die uh you just know he's gonna die and you're like okay he's screwed because at the end he's like kind of whining and be like oh please don't kill me yes exactly like it's a there was a very interesting lead up to like that entire third act you know first off like bond took like five minutes to get that plane up in the air and it did going um that russian fight was dope uh, yeah. i'm not gonna lie like that was a super cool thing but it was cool how we kind of just like now he's gonna take everyone out you know one by one he's gonna find his way towards everybody and every time i thought the movie was gonna end like a typical bond movie after that whole plane crash and they drive off, that would have been the end of the movie. Or, like, they would have slept with each other in the car. You know what I mean? Something Maybe like some, that. like, a little person comes out of nowhere and is like, I'll kill you! And yeah. it's like, ah, fuck! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, a, or like a voodoo dude comes out of nowhere and it's like, yeah. I got, I'm going to hook you down, James. Yes. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, most Bond movies end on that, like, okay, we got that one guy was taken out and now he's going to be with the girl and they're going to sleep right after all the high-paced action. Actually, oh. not thinking about it, both Roger Moore movies had dudes attack them, like, practically mid-sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, that's what you expect. 
And this one was just like, oh damn! Now we're at the American guy's house. I kind of forgot about him for a bit, and then he came back, and then you're. It's like, like okay. the only time you see an American get killed by Bond, too. I feel uh, like. Yeah, yeah, I think you're pretty right about that too. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, at least so far from what we've seen recently, definitely. Yeah. Um. Or besides yeah. the villains in um Live and Let Die, like the ones in New Orleans. Yeah, but like as in like a, a main military, type of thing. Yeah, 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 military main villain type of stuff. But yeah, he, I, I like his whole backstory and everything. I thought he was a really cool character. Uh, Drugs for diamonds. Uh huh. Yep. Cool stuff. I loved his little armory like that he had, and he looked. The, it was like cannon. a history play. Yeah. 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 Super cool. I thought it was a brilliant character. Um, a lot of fun, honestly. Um, and then after that, you still get the final scene, like where he's at the show and all that type of stuff, and you see everybody come in, like. <laughs> dude that was the like the end of a mel brooks film like where you see like every character you've seen throughout the film and just like come back on stage you know um that was totally uh um a theater production like ending you know it was um, which but, sorry what were you say i would say but there was no like action and then sex scene like 90 percent of the time there was you know it yeah was just like action and then you get to like they just have an ending you know like it's very nice yeah but there is a faction we didn't really talk about, and that's the Afghan militia, which yeah, dude, it's it's a I forgot this whole part, and I'm like, wait, we don't really see this either in any other Bond movie where it's no. like, yo, I'm gonna fight with the locals, and th- this is where it gets to ramp. This is where it gets hella Rambo three. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the same style, and it's also the one I think besides Thunderball. I want to say is the only other battle uh, in a Bond movie where like Thunderball has like the oh, underwater yeah. battle. This is the only other one where there's a legit like conflict between two opposing forces. Really? That, uh, that's yeah. That's also very true. Um, Cause even like when you look at whatever the second Pierce Brosnan one, one is, he like infiltrates uh, t- that base. Tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow never dies. Yeah. You remember like the, the jet scene in the very beginning, like he infiltrates that all by himself and you get, gets the plane like he always does stuff solo um so you're right adding that other element of a you know different factions or him with a faction to defeat another faction that's super rare Mm -hmm. yeah and you get introduced to like uh cameron shaw which his name the character's name is basically my name just an a instead of the (laughs) o at the end so it's almost Kamran, yeah. Uh, which I thought was interesting, and it's he's played by Art Malik, who I believe plays the evil Middle Eastern guy in like most movies around that time as well. Any action movie where there's an American, they're like, we need to make the Middle Eastern guy bad. It's usually mm-hmm. him, and I'm yeah. just like, thanks yeah. guys. But yeah. <laughs> uh, he his character was cool because you know, like you see him, and it's like, uh, oh, random Afghan dude who was a thief uh is in a yep. russian like prison in the base and they break out and it because he helps bond a little bit when he's fighting and he like bond stops one of... just a little bit too just he doesn't even free him just tosses him keys you know yeah and they get out and all of a sudden there's all these uh militia guys outside and he's like don't yeah tell him not to shoot you so you'll live and then they're like bond's like for now yeah yeah <laughs> for like how long yeah. and uh it shows them and you're like oh dope this is actually uh, it became the most interesting part of the movie for me yeah and me too. yeah it, it drew me back in for sure because because it's like oh there's a whole new weird like new subplot going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and it's like will we fight for you and they're like we're doing just like this trade because you know we we need money to 
fund the militia and otherwise we can't fight we need like funding to fight and so like after he's like what if i like plant bombs and shit and like we can get away with it and he's like okay yeah yeah, yeah let's do that yeah, yeah and that sounds good that sounds good <laughs> the way he see, does it the way he convinces him he's just like yeah yeah yeah, yeah let's do that i'm down <laughs> bond does his shit and then like almost gets caught and then uh they're like i don't think we're gonna go there you know we, we gotta stick to the plan and Kara's like i'm gonna go there and she just rides takes one of their ak's and just rides off and the dude's just like woman uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like all right let's go so she forces an entire militia's hand to go basically assault a russian base <laughs> and that fight is just so much fun because you just see them run through and they're just like they're they're side firing rpgs like they're not even mm-hmm. doing like shoulder it's just like literally Dude, that was the cool thing he was just like yeah the side shot was so crazy i was like what you i was like you could do that right yeah yeah exactly yeah but yeah, you get to that plane scene and everything else and they're fighting through and I loved when, you know, they're that's when uh Neron comes in and they're fighting and like uh Kara opens the the cargo door and they fly out on the bombs and like the 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 drugs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, there's only one way out of this." Starts cutting his boot and Neron's like, "No, please." And he sends him flying. And I just love what do they say? I this, you know, got to get the puns. And uh he gets back in and I feel like oh, honestly I'm like, God. "Is this what is this what inspired Air Force 1?" I feel like uh I feel, I feel like this is an influence in Air Force 1, but she comes in and she's like, "What what happened?" And he's like, "He got the boot." <laughs> yes, dude. That was so cheesy. That was one of the cheesiest puns in the whole movie. That was so good. And the best part when he falls, he's holding the boot. He's just yeah. holding it like it's going to do something and that that scream is like, "Ah!" ah! <laughs> That's so good. It's funny how like often they use that in Hollywood too cuz there's a movie called Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. I don't know if you've ever seen it or heard of it, but it has like Mickey Rourke in it and uh someone else that's like super famous um but like that's like the how they end that movie too is that the the villain is holding on to his boot and it's all duct taped and he gets a knife and cuts it and it like lets it loose and it falls off and the guy falls like to the bottom and i'm like i wonder wonder how many films just use this as like a scapegoat if i made a movie i'd totally do that (laughs) (laughs) but i don't know um overall like to me it was a I was a little skeptical at first, I won't lie, like entering the movie. I was just like, I don't know. Like that first scene won me over, but then I was trying to like, it almost felt right, like the entire time. And then I was like, something's not here, but it wasn't misogynistic. And that's what you just expect from a Bond. And once you're just like, oh, it's not, you actually look at this movie totally different and Bond totally different. And you can appreciate it, honestly, a bit more than what we've seen before. And it had, yeah. it had all the right, it had the right formula, it had all the right notes. You know what I mean? The the villains, the world global espionage. We got to travel to different places. Um, we did have a great Bond girl and one that you respected a bit more. Probably <laughs> wasn't like a like anything crazy like we saw in uh, Live and Let Die and whatnot. Like <laughs> you know, um, it was it's definitely unique and it's uh, where it stood in Bond history. And you could tell the transition, you know, from Roger Moore. And we kind of turned here, switched it, but then you could see how the Pierce Brosnan stuff was going to play out. It all kind of makes sense. You know, we got, we brought back the 70s element of like, I guess, uh, dashing spy stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, we brought that back, but we kept kind of the serious tone that the Roger Moore movies have too. Definitely. And I do want to say 
uh, just reiterating on that concert, the fact that the Afghan militia shows up still with guns at Dude, the, the concert. Airport, the airport joke was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had problems at the airport. And it's just like, I wonder why. And they're all loaded up with like, bullets and all this stuff. Like, I'm like, damn, dude. I'm know. like, all right, 9-11 hasn't happened yet. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your flight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can, I forgot you can just take an AK just onto a plane. It's like, it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. okay. Just, just don't use it. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's okay. They're with me. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, hello, my dude. I'm so glad, you know. That's how I want my that's how I want my story to end. Just like Eris shows up and like, hey, it's all the friends you met along the way. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Yeah. I I think uh I thought of something. So if I made a Bond film, I'd have it where a dude has a fake leg and they're hanging off and the guy's holding onto his leg and the guy just goes, Let go, and then just drops the leg and he falls holding the leg. They have to be in like a. They have to be in something like Lego related or something like in a toy store or something. Like or or is. or the dude gets back onto the plane and there's waffles. It's like Lego Mega. <laughs> yes. yes. Come on, man. Yeah. They have to either be at a waffle factory or a toy, uh, something. You know. I'm gonna make I mean? a Daniel Craig James Bond commercial where he's just like hella Bond. He's like Lego Mega. <laughs> just like oh fuck. Hey, I mean that's why I drink Heineken. You can really convince some people like that. Apparently, yeah, that's exact. Oh yeah, he was in a Heineken commercial. Yeah. Huh, that's right, I forgot. It's uh, it wasn't he also in um the London Olympics? He was like in a video for the London Olympics. Oh, I'm not surprised. There's like the I... Queen's dogs are there or something, and he goes in a helicopter with her. Oh wow! I don't, I I don't know. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> dope. Yeah, I. I I don't think I got anything else though for this movie. That, that that's all I got, honestly. You know, I I really don't. Um, not a lot to complain about. You know what I mean? And it was a solid film. Uh, definitely eighties. Uh, and you realize that it's an eighties movie, and it all makes sense. But it was, it was really well done, and it's a new flavor and taste of Bond. It's much more Ian Fleming style. Um, it's definitely a different turn and just a different feel. But you could tell the evolution they were trying to take you know even pierce brosman he's a way more serious and i feel like emotional than roger moore and any of these other sean connery's and all that type of stuff like you could tell they're trying to put like a character into bond at this point yeah um and it was it was a great start so i'm curious to see his second film for sure uh but you know this is our last bond movie until until essentially the new one, I know we're gonna do a surprise episode and cover that movie. Like, surprise! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, I guess, speaking ahead of everything, we'll be doing. You know, we've been doing uh, usually two bonds per month, just like kind of like going through each era since there were mm-hmm. six bonds, and you know, February was uh, Sean Connery and George Lazenby. June mm-hmm. has been Roger Moore and Timothy Dalton, and of course November. We get to we get to hop into Pierce Brosnan. Yes. But also we get some Daniel Craig in. And the yes. thing is here though, we're, we got a lot going on potentially uh for that month. That might be our busiest bond time because, you know, we have No Time to Die coming out. Mm-hmm. And we have we're doing Goldeneye for Brosnan mm-hmm. and we're gonna do Casino Royale for Daniel Craig, but we might also there's a there's a good chance we might do the original Casino Royale as well before the daniel craig one so we might have like if we actually do no time to die 
we have like four different Bond movies to talk about yes. there. Which I'm hyped for. Yeah, and that'll be a lot of book. fun. There's like only one book in this whole entire next batch. And that, that, that may or may not be the last Bond we get of the year, maybe, because who knows? You know, we were talking about some New Year's stuff. We'll Ooh. see. We'll see what happens. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But, you know, like we've talked about before, like we, we first see Bond kind of being a two, like probably a three year journey mm-hmm. through the show for us. Uh, but, you know, we might do extra special episodes sometimes uh, just to get a couple more out the way because uh, realizing like oh there's more than we thought there was and mm-hmm. stuff but yep yeah that until then though we got we got a fun summer ahead of us with uh, some other interesting movies that are completely 180 degrees different <laughs> yes i would say uh next month is a very interesting and random month i'm gonna say uh for july which is my birth month Ooh, your birth month we're doing dude death proof and Planet Terror from Quentin Tarantino yes. and Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be definitely interesting. Um, maybe we'll have some surprise guests for these next episodes. Working um, on, but uh, this is going to be some cool stuff. A new a new uh, different type of cinema we're going after now. Yeah, it, it's going to be yeah yeah really. <laughs> I mean. No, the whole thing with this has been, Brandon, you've been reading books for a lot of these different things from like all the James Bond ones to just knowing a lot about the Ralph Bakshi stuff. And then we had guests on to really talk about the books for uh, the Miyazaki movies. Mm -hmm. So each one has kind of had their specifics. And even um, we I'd say we went more just kind of we I guess these will be more like our January, May episodes where we did like david fincher and george lucas because those there weren't really books for these instead we were going full on behind the scenes yeah looking up yeah trivia stuff and this is pretty much going back in that direction and we're not stopping there with tarantino and rodriguez like we won't say now but we got plenty more i would say uh a couple more directors after that that should be much much uh, so much uh i was gonna say much more fun but i'm like they're still they're just as much fun Uh, i'm not gonna say much more fun yeah no, but, yeah, I agree uh, with you there. Yeah. So a lot of bombastic stuff um, coming into our our next coming months. It's super exciting. So uh, Death Proof. Two death Proof. Weeks. Yes. I'll see you then. Two weeks away. Yeah. Back to every other week again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like three weeks of Bond in a row. It's like, yeah. oh! <laughs> I know two and a half novels I had to read this month. Just like oh on top God. of it. I have, I have a podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> But all right. But where can they find you, Cameron? They can find me right here at Sutra Side Talk on this channel, where we, of course, have this show along with the Sutra Side Talk show, which is weekly. Uh, my co-host James and I do a movie, TV show, gaming news, usually select news and uh, what we've been watching and playing. And slowly getting through that backlog, guys. Slowly but surely getting through that freaking backlog of stuff to talk about. And uh, we also got The Cut of Steel, which we've had our last episode, uh, the Shazam episode eight out already so you can take a look at that and we will be returning with episode nine way later in august in time for the suicide squad release the good one uh yeah yeah the good one (laughs) after (laughs) go listen to episode three and then come listen to episode nine that'll be great uh and you you could check out the commentary for that we have the commentary for the david air is that one out yeah that led up to cut a steel so yeah check that out 
definitely i forget it's like we recorded those back to back and then the, the release differences yeah, have been like yeah. drastically different my uh, sound editor was like no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then of course we got up to it down to it which uh if this is coming out this week next friday we have our newest episode of up to it down to it where we're going to talk about dungeons and dragons the of course the Ooh. classic game and we have a couple uh fun guests on for that one that we also went to school with so we got nice. some good stories to talk about there and uh of course you could find the show on all podcast platforms you can follow Sutra side talk on twitter and instagram at Sutra side talk come and support us give us a five-star review on apple podcast or subscribe to whatever podcast you're listening to and you can follow me on twitter at gogocomzilla and instagram at killashoosh and Brandon, where can people find you? Check out Apollo City Comics on all podcast platforms. Hang out with us on Instagram um, and YouTube as well. We have YouTube stuff up there too. Um, check all that out. We have a lot of cool content coming out. Tons of interviews with some great people this summer. Um, Charlie Ragnarok, uh, Patrick Hickey Jr., uh, Illis Uminati. Um, we talked to Frank from A Coffee and a Comic uh just some great stuff that's been coming out we've met some amazing people and they're just some fun episodes and uh we have a lot of movie commentaries we have wonder woman coming out this month and um who was on that one <laughs> yeah that's 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 uh the again the pre cut of steel commentaries we did the the night before we thought everything out was that um, <laughs> danny's first time watching it right was, yeah I yeah so that'll be fun to, for so you guys to listen to that'll be out this month and then uh, we'll be talking um i think you'll be on this episode too but uh our eisner predictions so keep an eye out for that as well uh busy month july yeah and, who's gonna uh, be the next michael eisner you know he he was on he was in charge of disney before uh uh was, was the, the last disney guy tom before king we, yeah tom king Tom King or Chip Disney Spensky. Disney's Tom King <laughs> <laughs> but check us out um, like subscribe follow we'd love to we love all of our fans and what they do for us so check us out there and uh, come on dude thanks for hanging thank, thank you for coming of course yes thank you thank you for being here yeah <laughs> see you guys next time see ya <laughs>